Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mentors Connect podcast. I'm your host Chloe and today on the podcast we have a very very special guest. This is June and she is the head of tax and governance global at CSL and if you go searching on the internet you'll find out that CSL consistently is one of the top companies in Australia has major companies done amazing things in Australia and worldwide so very fortunate to have June on and thank you June so much for joining me this evening thank you for having me so I wanted to get us started and I was hoping you could tell us a bit about yourself perhaps what you were interested in when you were younger yeah, sure. So maybe just to start and introduce who I am, um, you know, as Chloe said, I'm the regional head of tax and uh, global governance here at CSL. Um, so CSL is a global biotech group that uh, offers life-saving medicines for patients who have rare diseases and other sort of unmet medical needs. Um, I'm also a member of the Australian Institute of Company Directors, um, and I'm a current council member serving um, on Geelong Grammar School Board in Australia. Um, so in terms of my background and what I was interested in uh, growing up, so I, I'm I kind of like to think of myself as a global citizen, really. I was born in Malaysia. I grew up uh, through a combination of the US, uh, Malaysia, and then New Zealand. And then, you know, now through my career, I've spent a bit of time in Australia. Um, I had really, I, I would say, diverse interests as a kid. I really enjoyed um, lots of different subjects, I guess you could call it that. And, you know, everything from the arts to accounting to science. Um, and I really enjoyed a lot of extracurricular activities, especially. Um, so music was a big, big part of that. Um, I did drama for a little bit. Very I, involved. Uh, yeah, I swam. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, a lot of that was really helpful because it helped me to really think about what I might be interested in future. And I, I, and I think that's really important, you know, to become a balanced human being, I guess, to make sure that you're exploring everything that's available to you. So yeah, I, I had pretty diverse interests. Um, and uh, I also had a lot of leadership opportunities. So I was really lucky through school to get involved in some things that I guess you could call them soft skill development. So at school, there was an opportunity to be part of the anti-harassment team. So when I was in high school, I did that. And that taught me how to um, listen. So, you know, a lot of active listening skills. The, the team was built around this concept of being able to do peer mediations. So for students that had conflicts with each other, how to deal with that and, you know, working through um, some of the skills that you need to deal with those issues. So I, I think for me, yeah, my, my background is um, very diverse, you know, very spread out family all through the world, um, had a very diverse extended family as well. They were involved in all sorts of different industries and different jobs. So I think you know, growing up, I always felt like there was a lot of different examples around me that, you know, you could kind of, I could have chosen any path, you know, and there would be um, opportunities available, I guess. So I was very lucky in that sense, I think. 
I definitely also call yourself a global citizen, how you mentioned that before, that's for sure. But it's also cool. And obviously, you do a lot of things, not only in your career and growing up, but also outside of work and socially. So I think that's really amazing. So now continuing on, I wanted to ask you, as this is called Mentors Connect, who was a bit of a mentor for you, like, you know, now career-wise in your career as a young person yeah. for you? Yeah, sure. So um, I can think of two people in particular, I think, that led me down my current path. But I, I would say maybe before I speak about them specifically, I, I did have I think I mentioned before, I did have a lot of really good examples around me of the fact that you could switch careers or you could do something as part of your work, but also have interests outside of your work, um, you know, as part of your specific job title and still be able to experience other things. And so to me growing up, that was a big uh, impact I think on how I viewed my career going forward that you know it wasn't just necessarily about fitting in one box one job one path all the way through um, and my godmother in particular uh, she was someone that was a lawyer she ran her own law firm but she was very interested in the arts um, and she spent a lot of her time through work you know, almost using her skill set as a lawyer um, and in business to apply that to, uh, you know, working on various projects and raising funds um, through not-for-profits. You know, she used to organize concerts every year um, and, uh, you know, fundraisers, and she'd invite all these dancers from overseas to come and perform. And so, you know, there was just... This, yeah, this beautiful amalgamation of, you know, her love of the arts and then also um, her skill set as a lawyer to kind of bring those two things together. So she was a big, big influence in my life. Um, and then specifically in the tax world, I think my aunt, um, she really, I think, opened my eyes to what tax was all about. I think I had a, a earlier introduction. I think a lot of people still don't really understand what it means when you work in text um, uh, professionally, but she really helped to make me understand what tax was all about. She used to work for the tax authority um, uh, in Malaysia when she was sort of younger, and then she moved in-house into uh, one of the big four consulting firms. And she was a strong part of their learning and development team. So she was a, a strong influence on me because I think she always said to me that it's not, you know, it's um, again, coming back to this theme of it's not just about the job title and what she's doing, but her biggest, um, her love of her role was all about the fact that she was able to continue to learn but also, you know, share her knowledge with people and have that ongoing conversation. Um, and, you know, she's someone that really inspired me, I think, to get into the education sector because that was something that I was really interested in. Um, but yeah, those are my, I'd say, two biggest influences in getting me to where I'm today. They definitely sound like two inspiring women. So that's amazing. So now continuing on, did you like envision when you were younger that 
you would work in one of the best companies, one of the most recognized and trusted companies in the world. Like CSL is just amazing. It is amazing. And no, I did not. I think growing up, you know, I really had no idea going through school what I was wanting to do or going to be. Um, I think even, you know, up until getting into university, I didn't even know that I wanted to study um, the, the subjects that I did in university. So it was, it was really much, a, a really a, um, I don't know, I, I, I think I'm very lucky because I was able to just go with what I was interested in that yeah. school. Um, and luckily for me, stuff that I was interested in was stuff that I, you know, I think when you when you go into what you're interested in, that helps you achieve as well. And so that was something that um, I guess helped me then further my path. But yeah, I definitely did not think that I would end up at CSL. And I, you know, don't even if you, I don't, I don't think I ever really had a clear picture um, of back then, even what profession I would be in. So it, it's certainly not something I had a clear target on. But no, that's amazing that you followed your passions and found, you know, your way to this amazing role, this amazing company. So now continue on, you kind of almost touched on it a bit, but I'm curious, what did you study at uni? Yeah, so I, um, I did a double degree in law and commerce. And for the commerce part of the degree, I majored in accounting. Um, in terms of why I decided to do those degrees, I think, again, it was just one of those things where through school, I realized that I, um, I was really interested in history um, and I... Uh, funnily enough, enjoyed accounting. That was a subject that I could take through school. And, you know, even though it felt like you couldn't really marry those two things together, I think the commerce degree is kind of a way to, to bridge that gap because it allows you to, to look at the business world um, and take subjects in business that really expand your knowledge um, on, you know, dealings in trade, you know, international trade, all that sort of stuff that was very um, I think, a way to extend my interest in those subjects. The law part of the degree, uh, I would say, is more family-driven in the sense that my parents actually wanted me to do something, you know, a professional degree, yeah. not just a, a commerce degree. Yeah. And so they, they um, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't end up um, having the grades to get into medicine. That was probably their first choice. Um, and so I decided to do a law degree um, as kind of the other option and combined it. And in hindsight, I'm so grateful that my parents pushed me to do that because um, it was certainly the starting point of, you know, realizing how much uh, a law degree actually also feeds that knowledge. And, you know, if you're interested in anything from human behavior to history to politics to, you know, understanding how the world works um, and in business, you know, I think a law degree certainly helps that part of it as well. That's so cool. So you did a double degree, you know, followed what you love, which what you love. So everyone follow what you love, just do what June did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continuing on, like June, did your like studies impact what you wanted to do afterwards? Uh, it 
it did and it didn't. I think, um, you know, it did from the perspective that when you do a law degree, like I said, I think the, the interests that I had as a, a child and, you know, understanding how the world works, understanding how business works, um, the, the studies help you formulate, I guess, a framework for how I think about my career going forward. So having done a law degree and a commerce degree, I think the helpful thing was, I think you can kind of do whatever you choose to do afterwards. But traditionally, the path that I thought I had to take was, you know, get qualified, become a practicing solicitor or barrister. Um, and then, you know, that was sort of the, the starting point. But I realized when I was in law school, um, I did a couple of tech subjects as electives. And doing those tech subjects, you know, was kind of really uh, unexpectedly um, enlightening in the sense that I was able to see for the first time how much tax really gets you to understand not just our history as a, you know, as a society today, um, but it kind of builds this framework around how do people truly, you know, how do governments feel about our society today, what's important to invest in, you know, all these economic concepts of, uh, you know, how to, how to deal with our economy and, and um, how the funding that is raised through tax revenue deals with some of those investments that we make as a country. Um, but it also gives you this history of political ideas. So, you know, concepts of whether you believe in capitalism, socialism, you know, all, all these concepts kind of merge together in tax uh, to give you a specific policy and a framework for government to deal with those issues. So, you know, that was the first time I realized actually tax is applicable, not just to a career path, but it impacts my everyday life. And I think that was really where my love for, for tax as a concept really started. Um, and, and I think that's when I started to think, hey, it would be interesting to get into this sort of area. Um, and I did an internship with uh, a big four as a result, you know, as a direct result of having done those subjects, realizing this might be something I want to explore further. So I, I definitely, you know, um, I think without having done those subjects, I probably would not have really pursued that specifically. It's also cool to learn. I always only thought of tax as the thing my parents have to pay at the middle of the year, but it's cool to learn, you know, the other aspects, which makes it interesting, which you weren't. So now I want to like talk about your journey. We've kind of touched on your uni, what you studied now. What was, what did the journey look like to June today, to June's role and job today? Yeah, so uh, definitely not straightforward. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think I mentioned before, after I graduated from university, I thought that I was really going to take a traditional, you know, legal path and get qualified, try and get a job at a law firm, you know, potentially go into contracts law or, you know, graduate and try and find a job in international law, um, you know, work 
at the Hague or, you know, at the UN, I mean, that's kind of the, the two streams that whenever you go through law school, th those tends, tend to be the options. Um, but as it turns out, uh, it was not that straightforward because when you're going through law school, to get into a law firm straight away, you need to have done um, a lot of work experience. Uh, and when I was, when I graduated, I was still in New Zealand at the time, you know, the, the opportunities were fairly limited if you didn't sort of have an automatic connection or if you hadn't kind of gone through the normal, you know, work experience stream through your university career. So I applied to a lot of jobs. It was ultra competitive. I didn't really um, get into anything straight away. So what I decided to do was uh, volunteer work because um, there were a lot of legal research services and um, you know, uh, legal services or legal aid, I guess you could call it, that were available to people who didn't necessarily have the means to um, you know, get a lawyer and, and uh, get advice for themselves. Uh, and so I thought I'd you know, combine sort of that passion for, for volunteer and not-for-profit work uh, with trying to get some of that work experience in a different way. So I you know, did some, some volunteer work through that um, uh, channel. And I'm still to this day really grateful for those experiences because they really just give you a, a good, strong um, sense of work ethic. You know, it taught me about time management. It gave me a whole lot of humility, um, you know, exposes you to a lot of people from different walks of life. Um, and I think really makes you understand what it's like to work in a business from the ground up and, you know, working in a not-for-profit, what it's like when you have limited resources. Um, so I think it, it really you know, I didn't kind of think about it at the time, but I think it really set me up for success going forward because when you, even when you work in a big organization, it's all about attitude, I think. And so those early years and, you know, all the different odd jobs that I did and, um, you know, the volunteer work that I did, I think really helped to build that sense of, you know, accountability and, and responsibility. So, Starting off, you know, I, I wasn't directly employed by someone in a massive company straight away. Um, and I then moved to Australia in 2006 from New Zealand. And that's when I was born. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to cut it. <laughs> Um, and, uh, well, not quite. So, you know, kind of getting there, but not quite because even when I arrived in Australia, you know, I was kind of a fresh off the boat from New Zealand, um, didn't have direct Australian experience. Um, and I started work as a paralegal uh, for a, a big law firm and, um, you know, started doing more of what I thought, uh, or at least title wise and job wise in, in a place where I thought, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I, you know, worked for a law firm. I worked in um, disputes. Uh, it was uh, a lot of litigation work, which means you're kind of working to resolve big disputes. Um, and sometimes you go to court, sometimes you try to settle out of court, but, but that was the work I was doing. And realizing sort of um, a year and a bit into that, that actually 
this isn't really what I want to do. It's not, you know, I know I did the law degree and, you know, I'm qualified now and I am doing this work that's theoretically really great. And I have the, you know, potential to kind of keep going, I guess, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about. And I think that's when I started to reset and think about what are the, you know, what were the things that I'm interested in? What did I enjoy doing? And, it, and that's when I started um, actually before that, while I was at the law firm, I had an opportunity to get seconded into the, um, the revenue department. So they, they had some work that was dealing with uh, tax disputes. Um, and it sort of, again, reminded me, hey, actually there was this other, you know, subject that I was interested in, in doing at uni and, um, you know, not necessarily from a tax disputes lens, but just the, the conceptual aspects of it. And remembering that I had done that internship uh, at a big four, you know, a, a while back and remembering that, hey, this, maybe this is something that I should explore further. So I decided to kind of um, start from scratch again. I think a lot of people would say, you know, that's strange. Why would you do that? But um, it's hard to it, do it was that. A way... <laughs> on you. Yeah, it was a way to kind of start from scratch again. And so I applied for graduate programs again. So, you know, I'd been working for a number of years already, but then I just thought, well, if I want to get in and really experience this and do this properly, I might as well do the grad program because you know, it gives you training and development and you get to rotate and you get to see lots of different things. And so I did that, um, actually not thinking that I would get in, but I did. And, uh, and interestingly, I think, you know, a lot of the feedback that I got through the years when I started uh, at, at the consulting firm was that my, the fact that I had worked before and the fact that, um, you know, I had some of those other experiences really, I think, helped me to progress quicker than maybe some of my other peers. So in the end, I, I think I made up for that time. And, and I think you would have gained have... a lot of value experience from, um, you know, your volunteering as like a, in the yeah. legal age. That, like, that's really amazing. Like, that's right. <laughs> and then continue on. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it just goes to show that sometimes you feel like you're taking a step back, but the fact is all your experiences in life, they still come with you. They still make you the person that you are and they still contribute to the next role that you have. And so I, you know, I certainly found that going into big four that it wasn't lost. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't lose out just because I started again as a grad. I, I actually made up for that over time. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of served me well over my career um ironically so that most that definitely one, yeah one of the best decisions I made and um yeah I think you know as I progressed through I, I rotated through lots of different parts of the firm um and I think when you work in big four consulting um one of the things that always struck me was that I'm advising people on what they should do in their business but I myself have never actually worked in one of the businesses that I'm advising and you know so so there was to me it felt like hey there's this other skill set that you know I, I want to know what it's like to live and breathe 
in a business and understand the challenges and and um, uh, you know issues that people are facing and trying to deal with day to day. And so I decided that um, I would try my hand at that and go in house. When uh, again, I think it was a you know a lot of people that I spoke to at the time said hey, this might be a risk because you're doing really well where you are, you're kind of progressing really well. Why would you want to go and take this role? Um, and again, I, I went into a tax accountant role, which some would say, you know, from a senior tax consultant to a tax accountant role, you're sort of going backwards. Why would you do that? But, um, you know, it was going to a company that I had worked with uh, or that I had been advising through my career at the big four. And so um, it felt like, you know, I wasn't going to something completely unknown. Um, and I knew that from working with the people there that they were very interested in my development. And, you know, I knew that I would be able to, um, maybe not knew with certainty, but I knew that, that there would at least you know, even if it didn't work out, it's not like I'm throwing it away. I'm still going in-house to do tax. And so, you know, I, I kind of trusted in my ability to take a leap out and do something else if it didn't work out, but I needed to just have faith and, you know, take that leap of faith and do something to broaden my skill set. So yeah, the opportunity came up to go in-house. Um, I went uh, and I, I took that opportunity and went in-house to this global packaging manufacturer. Um, and uh, when I was with them, you know, I would say I, have, I probably had some of the most expansive and um, rewarding experiences of my career because, you know, it allowed me to travel. Um, I was able to move with them to uh, Singapore to start a regional tax function there. So, you know, again, um, and yeah, travel all around Asia Pac, uh, you know, working with the various finance and, and sort of management teams during that setup. And so it was, it was, you know, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity, but then I'm also really glad that I took it and didn't sort of, uh, you know, worry about the the risk of going backward because I think it allowed me to grow. It gave me a lot of rewarding experiences. And again, um, even though people said I was going backwards, I ended up, I think, jumping ahead of my peers. Um, and eventually to coming back to Melbourne after Singapore to become the head of tax uh, in-house um, uh, at another kind of packaging manufacturer. So, you know, without that experience, I, I would never have been able to do that in the, the amount of time that, you know, I was able to do that. And um, it was, you know, let me learn what it was like to really work in industry, what it was like to work uh, in manufacturing. Um, it taught me all about the packaging industry. You know, it was dealing in something that was tangible, something that I was very proud of and led to a lot of um, uh, very rewarding kind of experiences and connections with people that I otherwise would not have been exposed to at you know senior management board experiences um, you know learning about strategy and business um, learning about uh, you know 
how packaging is really fundamental to our day-to-day -day life. Um, and uh, yeah, some of the, you know, inside stories to, I guess, what it's really like to be running a business and trying to deliver a product to a customer um, in the long term. So that was kind of 10-ish years of my life um, doing that. That's very quick. No, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then, you know, at the end of that stint, I, um, I had my second child. So I, I had my uh, little boy. And um, while I was on maternity leave, interestingly enough, I actually was contacted by CSL. So this was while I was on. Headhunted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was just, you know, such a dream to be contacted for, for this role here because one, it was CSL. How could I, yeah. you know, <laughs> say so no Just a little company, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, I'm pretty sure that conversation when I got that call was literally, she said, I'm from CSL okay, where do I, you know, how do I interview? Even though, again, theoretically, I was doing a job that was, you know, probably the dream job to have if you're, if you're in tax, um, you know, heading up a tax function for a globally listed company. Um, but yeah, with CSL, it was a chance to kind of finally get into the health sector. Um, and, you know, I think I mentioned before, my parents always wanted to, me to be a doctor and, you know, I, I, I'm not. So, so this you're is fulfilling my small, that. That's your way of fulfilling <laughs> Small part of being part of, you know, I can at least say I'm in the healthcare sector. Um, and yeah, and again, even though the role is not the head of tax role, um, it's still looking after the regional uh, team and, um, it was a chance to be part of this industry. It was a chance to learn. There was so much more to absorb. Um, the fact that value-wise, you know, we help patients all around the globe every day, delivering, um, you know, these really important life-saving products to them. And um, to me, the the really big thing was the value set. So, you know, the CSL values were really important to me. Um, coming into it and I'm really proud to be able to say that I you know was uh, asked to to come on board and be part of this you know massively successful story so um, that's kind of how I am you know have gotten to, to where I am now and uh, almost almost two years in now but you know really enjoying it and, and just very um grateful for the opportunity to kind of finally combine all, all these things that I'm passionate about. No, but great to hear your journey. And you've kind of given us a bit of insights throughout talking so far, but like what does CSL actually do? Like tell us about it. Yeah, so um CSL is a very uh you know old, very respected Australian kind of company as as you mentioned before. It started its life as the Commonwealth Serum Laboratories here in Australia. Um, and it was established in 1916. Um, long time ago. As part of, yes, a very long time ago um, in World War I, actually. Um, and it was a chance for Australia, I guess, to have onshore manufacturing capabilities um, because, you know, Australia being so far away from the world, it was sort of an opportunity for us to, to get 
access to, to these medicines here locally. Um, and, uh, you know, over time, um, so it started out life uh, as sort of a, a government department, and then um, it grew to include access to very important kind of medical, uh, medical um, uh, products, including things like insulin, you know, penicillin, penicillin, which is an antibiotic that's, you know, very important in our everyday lives today, um, you know, and then it now does, uh, you know, vaccines against the flu, polio, other infectious diseases. And one of the things that um, people may or may not know is that CSL is, uh, you know, still the only onshore flu vaccine manufacturer in Australia today. Um, and it is the only um, global player in producing antivenoms. So whenever you have a snake bite um, or, you know, a spider bite um, or other sort of marine uh, animals, CSL produces an antivenom to help, uh, you know, save loss of life against that. And um, an interesting anecdote here, and this is, you know, I was very proud of this. I took my son to the museum. Uh, if you go to the museum and you go to the, the Melbourne Museum and you go to the insects display, there is, you know, it actually talks about the fact that CSL produces these antivenoms and that it is, you know, one of the main reasons why there is no longer any loss of life from snake bites. That's so cool. That's in the museum. Australia. So it's, you know, it's a very important part of Australian history. Um, and, you know, since then, uh, it's obviously developed into this massive global biotechnology player. Um, one of the main parts of our business is as a plasma fractionator. So for people who don't know what plasma is, um, it's something that's derived from blood. Uh, it is uh, something that we um, collect uh, primarily from plasma centers in the United States. We turn those, uh, we turn that plasma into uh, products to be able to save, um, you know, patients suffering from uh, rare diseases. So that they could be suffering from hemophilia um, or other kind of immune uh, related diseases. So that plasma is turned into products that help them. Um, and CSL is uh, a company now that is listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. So it was privatized and, and listed. Um, and uh, yeah, the, you know, the, those are sort of some of the major products that it delivers. Um, the other really important part of what we do um, now is the research and development uh, that, that we do because, you know, we want to continue to innovate to find other life-saving therapies that could help patients around the world. Um, and so the research and development organization uh, in CSL is a very fundamental and important part of us being able to continue to deliver, you know, that, that promise to patients globally. Um, and, you know, some stats, I guess, for, for those who don't know CSL, we, uh, we operate in over 35 countries around the world. You know, we've grown um, to 25,000 or so employees um, around the world. So, you know, fairly large. 
Um, out of those 25,000 people, uh, 1,700 of those are, are research and development people. So again, you know, very important part of our business. Um, and last year we did about 10 billion US dollars in revenue. Um, That's a big number. A big number. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, and we spent around one billion US dollars in research and development. So again, you know, you can see how how important it is to our business. But uh, yeah, that's sort of that's CSL in a nutshell. No, and CSL, you know, does such amazing things, as you said, makes really important medicines, vaccines, and you know, how does that make you feel during that? You know. Uh, behind this team, you know, working with them to really do something really good for all of the communities. Yeah, well, really good. It's, you know, um, I'm very, very proud to be able to say I do this. You know, I'm very proud of the fact that we help people's uh, lives. You know, we, we make their lives better. Um, and we're save lives? Find, yes. Um, and we are trying to find ways of, of making their lives better you know, continuing to make their lives better in, in other innovative ways. So it, it's certainly something that um, I'm, I'm very, very proud to be able to, you know, add my name to the list of CSL employees, for sure. No, that's so cool. Now, going on to wrap up the podcast, I was hoping if you've obviously done amazing things, and I thought it'd be amazing to have you give a piece of advice to viewers, you know, who perhaps want to go out there, do positive things to their career like yourself? Yeah, sure. So I um, I was going to give you two pieces of advice. Oh, actually. two so, bonus. <laughs> Yay. Um, the, the one thing, you know, and this is one hopefully that has come through in my career, you know, take a chance. Go out of your comfort zone once in a while. Do something that people might think is not a linear progression because you never know where it might lead you. Um, further down the track I mean I, I think that's you know that's one thing that I can say has benefited me um, and and the other one is you know never stop being curious and learning because you know you you um, even when you're the CEO of a business I think it's it's really about asking the right questions you know learning more about what people are doing um, and being able to share that knowledge and have a conversation with people. So, you know, c connection with someone else, listening, learning. I mean, these are all things that they don't stop when you leave school. So it's, it's something that's very important and will continue to serve you through the rest of your life. So thank you so much, June. That was amazing. This piece of advice and just hearing about your experiences and your journey now to CSL has been a real joy and privilege. So Thank you so much, Tune, again for coming on. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. No, and thank you everyone for listening or watching. And make sure to interact in the comments if you want any questions for June or want to comment on anything. It'll be good to see your interactions. But thank you, June, again.